Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life and today we're going to be talking about... Today we're going to be talking about living separately together when blended families are living two separate lives under the same roof and some advice and conversation about that. We are also going to talk about our first year of marriage. Oh, yes. So that's fun. Um, And co-parenting boundaries, how to deal with an ex who does not respect boundaries of your personal life. So enjoy. Hey, you guys, welcome back. So we have write-ins this week per usual. Um, And the first person asked if we could give advice on homes, so blended family homes that tend to keep the bio families apart. So separate living, right? Like you and your kids, me and my kids, and we are always doing our own things and promoting separate living. Um, Are we promoting it, though? No, not us, but this person's asking for advice for those types of families who each bio family within the blended family home makes Mm -hmm. their own plans, eats separately, and even goes as far as it's all separate outings. Oh, really? And so she was just wanting advice on that general topic. Okay. Advice as like... We're going to help her figure out how to get this as like a one unit thing or advice how to um, co-mingle your, um, what would you call it? Your um, your roommate situation. It's yeah. a blended roommate situation. With conjugal visits. With <laughs> From the parents, I hope. Yes. Okay. Um, I think first, I think we do both. So I think first, let's talk about if that is your situation and you are feeling like you're two families, which in the beginning, I think most families feel like this. It's his and hers kids and they were moving in together and trying to figure out 
how to actually blend. Right. The first thing I want to point out, because ev- because everyone really thinks that they're all going to move in together and it's just going to happen naturally. Well, once that wedding happens, it's all supposed to just become cupcakes and rainbows, right? That's what that's the magic switch that everything goes perfect. But usually people move in before marriage. Yeah, in blended family situations. In blended families. And they think that once we move in together... It's naturally going to unfold, and I, there is truth to that, but I'm reading a book right now um, about the love languages of blended, you know, in blended families, and it can take five to seven years on average. I think it's a five years on average around there, mm-hmm. maybe more, to feel like you've blended, and mm-hmm. so people give up way too quickly. Mm-hmm. Because after the first year, right, marriage... Dude, the first year is by far... First year was by far the hardest year of our relationship. But marriage first year, even That's what if, I'm saying. That's what but, I'm saying. And that's true across the board, whether you have a blended family or not. The first year of marriage, it is said that it's always the hardest because you're figuring it all out. You're, you're joining your lives. You're figuring out each other's habits, mm-hmm. finances... You know, household duties, who's doing what, who's not, who's stepping up, who's not. It's just, it's figuring out each other's schedules, um, tendencies. See, but it's weird, though, because we had commingled. We had been living together for years. Is that the right? That's the right with the commingling. We're commingling. Co- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, we had been together. We had been living together. Our kids had been around each other living together, um, and still that first year of marriage seemed to be just the hardest Why was it year. hard for you? I'm curious for you, what, what? why do you say that? Help our audience, because I think people really feel like that, but it's hard to put into words. You're gonna, Yeah, you're going to have to help me fill in the blanks. I just remember it being just very, very argumentative, very... Um, we just we uh, when you say we were trying to figure things out, we totally were, but I can't pinpoint why it was so tough. I know just at the end of the year, we're like, man, that was that year. You know, before it even happened, it was mm-hmm. it was years before twenty twenty. But that year was our twenty twenty of our marriage. Yeah, I, looking back, I would say that everything leading up to our wedding was exciting okay so um meeting each other then forming a friendship then we started dating and then we introduced the kids and then it was going deeper into our relationship and eventually moving in together and that was really exciting and then it was getting engaged and that was really exciting our whole wedding planning was like just tons of fun right our whole wedding planning so fun the full we probably plan like i mean we knew that we're going to but the six months of producing our wedding film and getting everything ready for our venue it was just such a high right we were having so much fun yeah and then we went on this incredible um what are those things called? Honeymoon? The, the honeymoon thing. We had the honeymoon was my favorite trip we've ever right. Ever but it was had. just you and I ten days the away. Last, the first <laughs> and last time we've ever done that. It was great. <laughs> it was it, a lot. And of I want to say this about the honeymoon, and right. I've said it on our podcast before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the honeymoon was a was a high. Like to go from the wedding, which was a phenomenal experience, mm-hmm. to a honeymoon that was a dream. Right. Was 
everything. <laughs> but it was interesting because I was on our honeymoon uh, night one or two. We had just got there and I was thinking like, oh, crap, we've never been away together this long on our own. Right. And I was thinking, I said, you know, advice I would give people is to take a trip together before you get married. Luckily for us, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But what if we had sign sealed delivered <laughs> this marriage and then we go away for the very first time? Right. On our own for se- and then what without if it was any hell? kids? Yeah. We'd never done that before. That's true. And I was like and oh we gosh. had some pretty, I mean, we've had great vacations as a family, but we've yeah. also had very, very trying and tough vacations as a family with the I'm dynamics. I'm like all of our family vacations were horrible. I, don't, I can't I don't think of way. one. Uh-oh. I think we we always find good in them. We always have fun. Oh. But at the end of the day, we're like a real, we're a real blended family. <laughs> we're a real family. We're a real family. But that's a piece of advice before you all walk down the aisle if you haven't done that yet. Go away with your significant other and spend some time, just you two, out of the distraction of the kids and the chaos that blended family life is and the co-parenting and all the things that, you know, bat around your family. Because I really was sitting there day one, day two of our honeymoon, like, what if this doesn't work out for us? What, what if, if we're fighting a, the whole time? Right. What if we have nothing in common? What if we can't figure out something to talk about? Did we fight a single about? time on our honeymoon? No. Dang. What if What if we can't have fun together? All these things because we'd never tried. And so, you know, what if, what if our what intimacy never... What if the volcano never... explodes and kills us all? Yeah, but like what if we just can't connect? Do you, you remember know? the volcano waking us up in the middle of the night, like just there was rumbling and remember I know that's that? what I'm saying, just everything just rumbling. Yeah. It was kinda it was calling me to it. I was very drawn to it and called me to it. I remember the night that I was <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. I remember the there night, goes Eric. Yeah. Jumping in. The night that I was getting ready to get up the next morning to go get if you guys don't know. I got to shoot volcanoes. We went to Hawaii on our honeymoon. Maybe. During during active, I mean, you guys remember when like everything was erupting and everything was going off as all over national news? I got to go shoot the volcano and that was super exciting. Like with a camera. With a camera. I didn't actually like pew pew. They shoot it with a with a pew pew gun. Laser gun. He yeah. sometimes his laser beams. Laser beams. <laughs> so um, I remember the night though, like getting ready. It was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Like we booked the Boat excursion. Trip. Yeah. Yep. At... Uh, at dinner the night before and it was like a really like a six hour notice like all right we're gonna go and we go to bed that night and i remember middle of the night every like just waking up to the hole just (laughs) we're in this yurt and like everything's like gonna die i'm like oh it's calling me i can't wait i didn't sleep at all that night and then i got on the boat the next morning and it was awesome and i got like phenomenal shots and it was just tons of fun yeah i was actually just thinking about this the other day i have all those raw images it'd be nice to bring because i was Three years ago now, it'd be nice to bring up all those images again and just do a full, just a fresh edit, like, you be know, fun. just different type of edit than I've done on them. Anyways, getting a little off subject here, but it excites yeah. me. So I think for why our year was, year one was hard, was up to our honeymoon, everything was, so I think we had common goals, right? Our common goal of friendship, our common goal of dating and getting to know each other and that spark and wanting to grow that, our common goal of introducing the kids, our common goal of cohabitating, and then our common goal of getting married and then going off on this honeymoon. We always had something to work towards right. and work on and exciting to look forward to. 
and really a distraction from reality. And mm. I think that we got back from our honeymoon and, <laughs> and had nothing to look in. forward to. We had right. no goals that were our own that we were going to work together towards. Mm-hmm. I think a, sec- a secret of marriage is to always have something to work together towards, whether that is your home and you're working on your home together, whether it's a project in business, whether it is planning a family vacation and you guys can both plan and get excited for that and save money for that, whether it's, um, I don't know, you know, we're going to have a fitness goal and we're going to lose weight together and exercise and get healthy together. I think common goals and having something to work towards together is the glue that keeps marriage together. Like it's just so You're saying we need to get a horse. If you want to ride horses, I like to oh, ride glue. horses. Oh, glue. I'm just thinking. That's so don't say that. <laughs> We're going to get a negative review now from Peter. Like from animal. Oh, sorry guys. We don't like you know? animals. Okay. What's the Stop. <laughs> Anyways, how can I, why can't can't, I keep you? You don't, you don't have privileges. Um, so I think that is why the first year of marriage was hard. It was the dust settling. The excitement was over. It was, you know, real life, nothing really to look forward to except for our death. And which um, we had already planned for. We planned our death. Our that wedding. was amazing. Not our death, but our, our plots, our plots, our, our wedding burial. gift to each other was burial plots. Yeah. Our wedding plots. Our wedding plots. Them. Um, the long time, you long time listeners, you know. Because we took till death to you part seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's why the first year of marriage was hard um, for us. But I think in the beginning of blended families, when you are trying to blend your family, it takes time and people give up before they get over the hump. They don't see it through. And don't give it all the efforts. And this is something that um, I've got. I, I guess I'm going to talk about coaching every single episode. I think you should. You're, so this is what this is your job. This is yeah. what you're good at. You're actually not even good at it. You're great. Tony the Tiger would say. Oh, it's, you're just like. Um, Thank you. I, I it is my calling and my passion, and I feel like I can help people. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, one way that you can accelerate the blending process is if what you're doing isn't working, do something different. Yeah. Like the very definition of insanity, right? Trying the same thing over and over and over again. Expecting different results. Right. But that's what we do. And that's why we're frustrated and stressed out because even how we communicate, how we cope with things how we react to things, how we show up, um, the efforts we make. And so coaching's really cool because we, not we, I, you know, teach people how they can show up differently and approach things differently. And the thing is, is that nothing changes in your immediate surroundings until you change. So if you're unhappy in our family, well, nothing around you is going to shift until you change. Right. And then how I see you and approach you and treat you shifts. The kids all fall, you know, same. Right. So that is what coaching does. And if you're interested in a free breakthrough session with me, um, email me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. And I can send you more information and um, set you up with a free session, becomingheardnow.com. And teach you about transformation so that you can, you know, do what you can do for your blended family to blend better.
better. But there, and, and you know what? And you you say blended family. I mean, most of the people listening to this are in blended families. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the end of my previous marriage, <laughs> does that make sense? At the end, like as everything started to unravel, yeah, I really realized this. It was a breakthrough for me. Like I can't control what the other person does. I can only control myself and what I do and how it goes. And that really, that took me so, so far, but you helped me kind of see that through, um, you know, as we, as we built a friendship and, um, you know, you, you, like you just said, you can only work on yourself. You can only change yourself, even though we're our kids' parents and it's our job to guide them and teach them. At the end of the day, we truly cannot control our children. When you say, I can't control these kids, like, you're right, you can't. All you can do is control yourself and the surroundings around them that help them to behave. All we can do is give them the tools. And that's what you do mm-hmm. for your peoples yeah. is give them the tools. Right. And, you know, I was sitting in church this morning and a really great, great sermon about this very thing. Mm-hmm. And it, what you're talking about with kids and parenting was something our pastor brought up today. And he said it so beautifully. He said, you know, my wife and I have always raised our kids to prepare them for the, the road that lay ahead. Right. Mm-hmm. Not prepare the road for them. And a lot of parents want to prepare the road ahead for their children. Right. And, and it doesn't serve it. them well because you can't. Right. And that, you know, they try to change the circumstances around their children. You know, they try to set their kids up with the perfect life that they're going to have. And they try to, you know, Get them into the perfect school. <laughs> plan it ahead and, and depend on what your country you're in. You plan their wedding for them and the perfect spouse for them. Right. Uh, you know? So, and it was a good perspective where you're be- it's better, better serving to your children to prepare them for the road that lay ahead. You know because what? the road's already there. It exists. I'm actually, right? since this was such a great sermon, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, I'm actually going to link um, this sermon, because um, our church does it all live, Pastor David Hutzko, um does this sermon, and it goes up on YouTube. So what I'm going to do is, for all you listeners and viewers, if this is something you want to hear or view or just see if it's even something you like, I'm going to put a link to our New Life Pismo Beach, um, the sermon from today. Yeah. And that way you guys can check it out. It's really cool. It was it was on this very thing about how you can't control other things anyway it was very insightful it's really great you guys listen to it if you're into that um okay but back to the topic at hand about each bio family within the home doing life separately as far as like even eating Mm -hmm. and making plans um you know i keep trying to go here but when you're in a new blended family and you both come into it with his and her kids, you're both coming into it with your own biorhythms, right? You have your own ways of doing things, your own extracurricular activities that are already set up, your own, um, if you're hiking, like if you go hiking with your kids every weekend and how you're about, moving in with a family who doesn't eating habits, that's a eating habits or one. eating times. What if you're moving in and one family, eat, you know, one set of 
family, one bio family or sleeping later than the other. Sleeping habits. Big one with us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not salty. I go to bed alone every night at all. Um, But you, but you wake up in perfect company. (laughs) Me and the dogs. And we have to be quiet for the next four hours. That's how I feel at night. See, Um, you feel my pain, love. I do. So, anywho. It is just, a. I, I think it's a lot of that in the beginning because you already have your own way of doing life with your own kids and then you move in together and then it's all about what do we do? Most people don't talk about it. Most people just move in and continue on in life and then they, uh, they start feeling, hey, this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel good, this doesn't feel like we're a family, well, it takes planning, it takes communication, it takes, if this doesn't work for you, some families live like that, fine. Mm -hmm. Some families, that works. That's cool. Awesome. Some families, it doesn't feel fulfilling, it doesn't feel like a family. And if that's you, um, here's advice I want to give about that. Small wins matter. So nothing is going to change overnight. Also, I think an expectation that comes into when you're blending a family is that, yes, we understand that we are two separate families joining as one and two separate families with our own ways joining as one, but then we join as one and everything changes. Mm -hmm. That's an unrealistic expectation and actually very jarring for kids. Right. And can be for adults, too. So maybe you tackle one thing at a time. So we're playing football now. <laughs> You're, like, going to sleep. I can see your eyes glazing <laughs> over. It's funny. I'm drooling. You're uh, drooling. Would you like a cup? <laughs> no, thanks. Drool cup. That's all right. I'm going to get you a little I, thing I, that hangs from your... Um, <laughs> My beard? No, from your headphones. Oh. Just, like, a little drool cup. Nice. Yes, Instead but then like how would a, I bathe? I need the drool. Anyways, um, it all works hand in hand. But what I want to say about that, if it doesn't, if this living separately is bugging you or doesn't work, don't try to tackle everything all at once and make everything change all at once. Do it little by little. So maybe you have one one dinner a week all together and you know, then it evolves into two or three, or you pick an activity on the weekend you all do together um, and make a conscious effort to plan. And that means the adults have to agree and then implement, you know, but to try to change it all is kind of unrealistic. Well, I feel and like a lot sets of you up to fail. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people feel like if it isn't all mm-hmm. just perfect, then they are failing. And I think people need to realize like, you're perfect where you are. Like it, it, the fact that you're even listening to this or watching this is just the fact that you care. And that's literally all Julie and I are here for. Like this might not be the perfect road for you, but we want to get your mind thinking. We want to get you guys thinking about this because we care. We want you guys to care. Obviously you care. You're here listening to this because you care about your family. You want to be better than where you are. So any steps that you can make, any, like you said, any small wins are, are wins. They're victories. The fact that you are even proactive in this is such a big deal. I think that too many people don't see, um, you know, for, for just a quick little, um, what is it, an analogy? 
You know, it's like if 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 you're allowed to put if you're able to put food on the table, but you're not a millionaire, does it make you a loser? No, like you're putting food on the table, you know, it's going to take all those steps. But the fact that you want to be a millionaire, figure out your steps to get there, you know. So in this case, we want to be greater blended families. So figure out the steps that we're going to get there. But the fact that we are proactive, we are doing our planning, where we are communicating, at the end of the day, we just care. Those are wins. Yeah. And it's a bunch of small steps that lead to that change that you want. Change, you don't get from a bottom of a mountain to the top of a mountain just like in an instant, right? right. You have to take steps. You have to climb it. It is, it is step by step, right? It is on the ladder. It's rung by rung. You yeah. have to go, you, you know. So I think it's just also taking a beat, slowing down, understanding that one step in the right direction is awesome. That's one step in the right direction, which gets you closer to where you want to be. So don't forget to celebrate the wins um, and acknowledge that you've moved closer to your ultimate goal of blending because we get so discouraged when we're not where we want to be that we forget to be like, yes, but look how far we've come to where we were. Um, do you, are you, do you, um, yeah, no, I actually, I found something that, um, our good buddy Caleb posted earlier and it's actually, it's kind of, it's the same sort of thing. So if you guys are watching or, or you're looking, I don't know if you guys can see those, the, they're, they're a pair of brand new boots, a pair of brand new Danners. And it says, if you would have told me what these boots would walk through, I would have told you that's impossible. Uh, by default, I like things to be clean, organized, and excellent. And underneath it all, I realize there might be some control. I'm learning how few things I can control in life. As much as I wish these boots looked like this today, and in this picture they're brand new, the fact is they don't. They look a lot different. They are rough, well-worn, and, and in a lot of ways, not how I want them to look. I'll capitalize look. But what people don't see is how much better they function, uh, the things they have accomplished, and most important, most importantly, the people they have helped. You know, and that's, I feel like that's a big thing for our blended families. You know, it's, it's, we want them to look a certain way. You know, we dress them up to be a certain way. It's always this, this pretty on the outside where this, you know, this, you know, all dressed in white, perfect family picture, you know, just picture perfect. But what people don't see is the trials and tribulations and what it takes to get to the point that we're at, you know, but by the point that we're there, it might not look perfect to the outside in, or it might, but we know what we've been through. We, we now fit better you know, it's, it's everything that we have accomplished along the way. And I think those are the wins that people need to look for. What have we done along the way? Why are we different? Why are we here? It's not who cares. Stop caring what people think about you guys. Stop caring about what the world thinks that you should look like or how you should look. Think of how you want to look as a family and what makes our family so perfect. You know? Yeah, that's really good advice. Because we get discouraged right? and we get hopeless and 
you know, it's a lot of work and a lot of time. And that's what we focus on. And when we focus on that, that's how we show up for our family is disappointed. Right. If you're always disappointed, you're going to show up disappointed every day. And that's how you're going to interact with your spouse, with your kids, with your stepkids, even with your co-parenting. Um, and so it's, it's really super important to acknowledge the good, the wins, and to make efforts to take those small steps forward, right? If you don't like separate living and yet you're doing nothing to change it, then that's on you. And so it is up to your, you know, the adults in the home to lead that charge and put down some boundaries that, you know what, lunch and dinner, we don't have to eat together, or I'm sorry, breakfast and lunch, we don't have to eat together, whatever, but dinner, that's a, that's a non-negotiable. We're going to do this, you know, or maybe you have Sunday suppers. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing. So during the week, everyone's busy with sports and that and whatever, but Sunday suppers, we're coming together as a family. And that's it. Just find something. Find something that that works for your family. One thing. One thing a week, right? Start there. Whether that's a meal or an outing or an adventure or a game night. Family bath time. No. Oh. No. Oh. Okay. Um, This is something that she mentioned that I'm going to talk about because it's a little bit differently than, it's a little bit different than eating or outings, but planning. This is a really hard one <laughs> for me to break. Oh. No, for everyone. Right. Because when you're talking about planning, there's so many more people involved mm-hmm. than just yourself or just you and your kids. Right. The right. exes are usually involved. You have to, the exes and you are planning things for the kids. Like, and then it gets run by the spouse, and that's, that's hard. Where, I think that's where a lot of people fall short in co-parenting. I mean, it's just one one of the steps. I think planning and taking the other family into consideration, you know, the other parents into consideration. All of us want to be done and through with our exes and done with them, but the fact of the matter is they are still just as much a part of your life, uh, of your kid's life, as you are. You know what I mean? There's a good chance. I mean, obviously, there's the situations, like, not always, but there's a very, very good chance that the other parent is (laughs) just as involved or cares just as much as you do about your kids, or at least in our situation, we're 50-50 custody, and those other parents care just as much about the kids as we do, and it's our job as parents and co-parents to take them into consideration when planning, and that is just such a hard place and a hard thing to do, but it's something that if you do take the time to do that, co-parenting becomes a little bit easier. Oh, I'm seeing this from a totally different side. Are you? Let's hear it. I'm saying that it's hard to plan as married couple Mm -hmm. when all the planning happens between you and your ex. Oh, so you're saying... I'm saying I see where you're going. You're, yeah. you're saying there's a difference. That's one issue. Because people do have that issue. And, but but people do have your issue also. A different issue would be I've planned out the summer for my kids mm-hmm. and what they're going to do. And I'm letting you know, like, hey, this is planned. So now my son has a job. Mm-hmm. My daughter is in dance and go, they're going to camp. And that affects our entire family. And on a vacation for a week. And, but this affects yes, our family as yeah. far as... When we're going to have kids, when we're not going to have kids, you know, can we can't just go somewhere if we want to because we don't have driving teenagers in our home. So 
they rely on one of us to take them. So that right. just ties us down. But it affects our relationship and it affects our family. But see, what happens is is that plans are always happening with bio parent and ex right. for kids, and that affects the family. Our, our household, without, our blended family We're not family making household. those decisions right. together. Okay. And that's because we're not the bio parents. Right. And well, so one of us lo- isn't. <laughs> right. But we aren't the bio parents of our kids, both right. of us, right? Right. So I think planning is a little tricky when you feel like it's all separate. Because if we're bringing planning back to the separateness that this person's wanting advice on, that's a tough one. Because it is separate. It's usually the bio parent and the ex are co-parenting those kids and making plans for those kids. And most of the time you're in the loop afterwards. Right. Or this is what we've decided. Like you're brought up to speed, but... You're not actively part of the planning process for the kids because you're a step parent. <laughs> you're getting stepped on. Right? Right. But that's hard. So, in how marriage. do we change that? I think it isn't about changing that. I think it's about accepting. I think that it's about being easy because if you can change your rigidity and you can change your, if you're always upset by something that just is then that's your burden to bear. Right. Either it's not going to change. Okay. Co-parents aren't going to stop co-parenting because you don't want them to co-parent. No, we should never want that. You want people right. to co-parent. You want co Because right. if everyone's co-parenting well, everything just flows a little bit better. But you also, right. going to the point that you're talking about now, you can't let co-parenting trump your marriage. You need to find a way to have a happy medium to where you can co-parent well but you also need to extend the same. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, what? How would? What would you even call it? Like you need to. We're gonna call it professionalism because I can't think of a better word. <laughs> That's totally the wrong word. Respect. But respect. There we go. You need to show. <laughs> That's a word we need to tattoo. That is. I tattoo. I wanted to tattoo an M on each butt cheek, but my mom was offended by that. Anyways. Um, I think that you need to show your spouse the same respect as you do your co-parenting. And courtesy. Maybe that's and another courtesy word. There. See? Man, do you like that word? This is why. You married me? We brought you on the show. Thanks. You're going to stay. You're a keeper. Okay. Um, respect, courtesy. And professionalism. Because <laughs> <laughs> marriage is a business. It kind of is. It is. It really, it needs to run well. It needs to have respect. It needs to have hierarchy when we're talking about a blended family. It needs to have planning. It needs to have planning. And you really like, you need to have goals. You Can need we to be, have employees? Yeah, that's, they're called children. They're not. I the know, kids they're don't mo- do anything. They more like run, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's a problem. If the kids do nothing, you need to turn them into employees and not child labor, because uh-huh. that's against the law. But you need employees who at least obey, respect the business, and are advocates for the business. You want them to come to work every single day. And by come to work, I mean show up to Sunday supper or... The family. Be just, a part of the family. Just be a part of the family, but also respect their coworkers. And like kids also are a um, extension of you and your family 100%. when they go out. They're representatives. 100%. So when kids leave your house and go out into the world, as minors especially, right, they are representing your family. Right. So also the representatives. Now, I wish our workers were... <laughs> 
as well behaved at the workplace as they were out in the community. That would make life so much easier for us. I'm glad we have great representatives in the community, but we need to work on our storefront a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we are so off topic. Now I'm lost. <laughs> Just business minded. No, we're talking about planning though and how that can be hard and and how so this may not even be this person's thought, but when she said planning, that's all that's where I went to because I have struggled with that where it's you come to me and it's already all planned, or in your case, you have no idea what's going on most of the time. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I try to I try to ask you what the plan is when when comings and goings are happening, what's going on and whatever. We're just so we're so and like nobody knows anything, <laughs> and so it's really weird. We're just so fluid with it, where it's like yeah, unless it's dire no need, no structure whatsoever. No. no, and it helps sometimes, but it also doesn't help sometimes. It doesn't help in our relationship no. apparently. No, but also it kind of does because I can be like, well. When do you have something? Because I'll make it just work. And, um, (laughs) you know, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that if you're, if you're not taking the time to connect with your, it's, it, everything just takes effort. Everything takes intentionality. You have to consciously choose to go to your spouse and talk to them in a way where they feel included. I always talk about communication. Yeah, but the way you bring it up too, you know, it isn't just what you say, it's how you say it. Right, and how you present it to them because if you're like, this is what it is and this is how it's going to be. And then you get called the boss and you're like, yep, (laughs) that's right. Recognize. I'm leaving it on the other camera so it looks like you're just looking off into left field. <laughs> but I'm um, knocking you off your high horse. You a know, bit. talk like bring your spouse into it with compassion, with consideration. For sure. With as care. a teammate. Yeah. As a business partner. And and also I think what you said earlier about your spouse trumps everything or should. If your spouse really has a problem, like a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. Like, if the kid goes there, they're going to slice their finger off because it is a slice-the-finger-off place. That's all right. We got a horse. (laughs) We'll glue it back on. Stop. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if if your spouse brings up a legitimate concern why this plan is not in the best interest of the child, Mm -hmm. you know, or brings up, hey, that's our anniversary. Horses eat hay. Okay. We're going to get you a horse to take (laughs) care of. Just a little miniature one. Yes. I know what I'm getting you now for your birthday. Oh, sorry. I'm hitting my horse collection. A horse. Anyways. Well, lots of glue. Yay. Okay. Um, I don't even remember. See, like, we sorry, can't, I don't this even is know all what's happening. I don't either. You so, planning. Planning. There you go. Um, I think communication is just a huge thing, too. Um, you know, you're talking about communication right now, but um, not approaching it from, like, you know, this is what so-and-so and I came up with, and this is what it is, but communication and respectful communication, yeah. something that I come to you and like, do you see something wrong with this? Do you see right. a problem with this? Do you have input on this? Right. You know, it's not a closed sealed deal right. usually, right? And that's, yes. And that's what I was going to say. Like you need to give your spouse room to insert their opinion yeah. Spouses are allowed to have an opinion, right? Well, they a are, lot of times they care. Well, they a lot of times care. you're looking at it from a different point of view too. Like without your opinion, man, I'd be lost half the time when I'm planning stuff like this because 
I think this is going to be great. And I've got this awesome plan and this is the way it's going to be. And then I bring it to you and you're like, well, you didn't think about I just bring this. the rain on your parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's like, oh gosh, I totally didn't think of that. I didn't, right. you know what I mean? It, it, that's why we're married because you are literally my better half. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right, we need to get on to our second question. We have two questions today. We do. If oh gosh, if this was you who wrote here. in about living separately and we did not answer what you wanted specifically answered, email us um, and let and we'll us do know or message us, and we can either write back or we'll go into it on a different episode. But it was a general question, so yeah. maybe this will lead you to a specific question, or you know, maybe you can use this podcast to spark conversation about this um it's a great way to start conversations especially hard blame conversations it on us don't forget if you yeah. guys always blame it on us at the world does it's our <laughs> fault you know? exes do it's fine we're always at fault um we're used to it you look at your broad shoulders you put the weight of the world oh on gosh that went bl- i blacked out the screen <laughs> on that one okay Slip of the finger here we go second Question. We've had boundary issues for quite some time with my husband's ex-wife. We do 50-50 co-parenting with her, and for the most part, things are positive. However, we have struggled with her understanding appropriateness and boundaries. She still tries to communicate with my husband the same way she used to when they were married. She wants to have her cake and eat it too. Recently, she gave my husband grief for not informing her that he was traveling internationally for work. He, his travels did not interfere with the parenting schedule, and I'm always 100% available to jump in and help if something were to ever come up with the kids. My husband and I do not feel that it's necessary to tell her, especially if it doesn't interfere with the kids. In our minds, it's not really her business if we do any traveling on our own time. Can you give me your thoughts on this? Um, we already deal with enough boundary problems with her. The last thing we want to do is involve her with our personal separate time away from the kids. And then she wrote in again because I said, hey, we're going to discuss this. Mm-hmm. So she, she wanted to add more info. So she says, when we addressed this with her, so they addressed it with the ex. Right. Her reasoning was that the kids were excited to tell her that their father was traveling, and she was caught off guard with that information. She stated that she should know what's going on in the kids' lives so she can be excited about things with them, regardless of if it directly involves the kids or not, and she doesn't want the kids to play messenger. Our response is that the kids will, to some extent, always have messages to relay back and forth since that is the nature of having two homes. We tried to reinforce that we do it on our, oh, we tried to reinforce reinforce that what we do on our own time is our business and she does not need to know unless it affects the kids. She did not respond to that in a positive way. I'm, 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 I'm right with them. I'm like, if it doesn't affect them, it doesn't affect the children, you know what I mean? Outside it, it's, it only affects their household. It doesn't, directly affect the other household i mean what you have for dinner is going to affect the children obviously going to you know what i mean just simple things like that it doesn't matter like i'm totally with them on this i don't think that if husband's traveling out of 
town, out of state, out of country, whatever. Same thing with the wife. You know, now if you're taking those kids with you out of state, out of country, whatever, um, then it's probably something that you need to discuss, you know, um, like, yeah, we're going to be out of town for two weeks. Like, yeah, mom should probably know this. Um, if stepmom or bio dad is leaving though, and it doesn't affect any of the arrangements, any of the schedules, then who cares if the kids are happy about it? Like wonderful. The kids are happy about it and they go to the other, I I don't need to fluff you to be happy about this. This is funny because, okay, so I try to put myself, my mom always taught me to look at all sides of an issue. You know what she taught me? No. Don't, don't talk about horses anymore though. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. So something I was raised doing is looking at all sides of the issue, both, both sides of the coin, consider all perspectives, right? So I circle the drain a lot, but, um, so I was trying to say, I was trying to think if we were like, I couldn't imagine having to call up our exes and notify them if we were going to go away for the weekend or we were going to go on a trip. Right. I would, that would, we wouldn't do that. No, we wouldn't do that. So then I think about the other side, like why would, and I was thinking about this before she gave us the added information I read, but why in the world would she care, the the ex? Why does she want to know? Uh Internationally, the only thing I could come up with in my brain was that say there was an emergency with one of the kids, Mm -hmm. like car accident, you know, really hurt, something like that, and- can't get a hold can't of dad. Can't get a hold of dad and dad's out of the country right. and would be nice to know because mm-hmm. I, you know, that would be, but I mean, so that's the yeah, but that's only wor- yeah, that's thing like that weird, I could Worst think case of. scenario. And then at that point in time, like this is 2021. But that's not even where she went. The ex didn't I, even oh, go the, there. Right. She was like, but this is, I just want to get excited with the kids. I was like, right. but this well, is 2021. Dad's cell phone probably works wherever oh, wherever true. he is in the world unless he's out on like some yeah. crazy safari i was just trying to think on what possible right. planet would it matter yeah. and that was all i could come up with and maybe that's a responsible thing too like <laughs> get your phone dialed in to be able to you know not miss any phone calls or, or make be there sure for all the insurance information everything. is you know in order but again that shouldn't have to affect no. this so i'm like I'm, I'm really, I'm there with them where a lot of times I can find, mm-hmm. I can find a, another side to a story, another way to look at this. Yeah. You're no, like, no, I can't. No, you need to just, she needs yeah. to leave you alone. You guys need to stand your ground. And, and here's the deal too. And I, I have fallen into this whole myself co-parenting that we tend to over explain ourselves, which really deteriorates boundaries. So if you feel like you don't need to notify her, then you just don't notify her. And if she wants to write you a nasty email, you delete nasty email or you print it and save it for later in case you ever need or don't, it. Yeah, just don't but respond. you don't respond to it, right? The best way to implement boundaries and you, you know, it's fair to give a warning like we don't agree. We will not be notifying you. Very short, very to the point. You don't have to explain no is a complete sentence. You don't owe an explanation, especially if it's not about the kids. I mean, if you're dealing with the kids, then that's a different story. If it's not about the kids, that is where your relationship begins and ends is with those kids at this point now that you're an ex. So the more you explain yourselves, 
the more their interaction there is with some with somebody who struggles with boundaries, um, the more you engage, the more that you are kind of contributing to the problem. Um, do, do you I to- agree? I to- no, I totally agree with you. I'm like the less communication on that front, the better. Um, you don't owe it to them. Like I said, I think it's might be curt. I mean, if you want to try to foster a good relationship, you might give her the heads up that this isn't going to, you're not going to explain to her. Right. And then don't, and then let it die with that. And just only talk about things that she brings up that has to do with the kids and ignore everything else. And that is kind of how you implement boundaries and hold boundaries. Because well, the nice thing, she's yeah. not, because people who struggle with boundaries don't respect boundaries. Right. So following boundaries is really hard. So again, like we talked about the beginning of this podcast, right? Nothing changes unless you change. So you can't expect her to change, right? But you change how you interact and what how what you say and if you respond, she will have to shift accordingly. Or not shift at all. And that's the nice thing about not responding to this negativity is you don't keep the negativity going. Therefore, it just dies right then and there. And there, you know, at that point, mm-hmm. you guys aren't in an argument. You guys aren't fighting with one another. It's not an issue at this point. Right. You know, it's just like, well, it's not going on any further. It starts there and it dies there mm-hmm. and on to the next one. And it's awesome that you know and accept, too. One thing I like about what this um, person wrote in about was that they acknowledge that kids are going to, on some level, be messengers just by nature of having to homes. And that is the absolute truth. So it is also something that if you know that, so then you need to be aware of maybe what kids hear because also know that kids are probably going to take it to the other home. And it's like a game of telephone. So the kids hear something, but then they go to the house and it doesn't come out exactly as you said it, because it's like a game of telephone. And then when the other person hears it, what they hear isn't necessarily even what was said. And does it get twisted and manipulated into something else? And then at the end, you have a situation that's unnecessary. So, um, you know, if you can just accept that and know that kids do talk, kids do say things between home, kids lie about you know, how things are presented between two homes. I've been dealing with that. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that you can't let that bait you when you're co-parenting also. It's the truth. Right? Exactly. Okay. If you have any more questions on this, if you wrote in and this is you and you think of something else you would like us to address or we didn't quite answer, please let us know. If you have a question or topic you'd like to hear, um, we would love to talk about it. So write in, message us on all the social media platforms. You'll find us, Instagram, Facebook. Leave the thumbs up. Yep. Subscribe. That's right. And... We appreciate you guys being here. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.
Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.